Now oh, go. <laughs> hello and welcome to the Dicebreaker Podcast. We look. We like to keep the audience on their toes mm-hmm. and ourselves sometimes without even knowing that we're on our toes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hello. I'm Hi. Matt It's Friday. Liv and Alex Meehan. Hello. I'm Meehan of Starburst. When you were like, I'm going to quickly have lunch. Is that your lunch? Just like a cheeky Starburst. Mm. I'm full. <laughs> is it like the thing from, is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they have like the entire meal in one? Mm. Yeah. Chewing gum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's like it. The everlasting chewing gum. Blueberry pie. Mmm. That. The snozzberries taste like snozzberries. <laughs> the, the whole time, like, um, Jean. Oh my Wilder? God, what's Jean? the actor's name? Jean no. Oh, oh Jean, yeah, Wilder. Jean Wilder. Yeah. I was about to say Gene Hackett. Gene mm-hmm. uh, Wilder is just like, oh no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how yeah. I feel like when I'm like looking after kids and they're like, doing something they shouldn't. And they're like... sticking like a needle in a plug socket. Like, oh, oh no. no. Oh. I'll have to <laughs> sing a like, chirpy song at the end about how you shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, does he kind of just in... roll in as well you know the the bit where he's like walking on the cane and then he like rolls, <laughs> does he roll into your room mm. like that and just, yeah. <laughs> Gobi Morris's Gene Simmons. <laughs> oh yeah, in a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> he is—he did a bit of acting for a while, uh, and you'd exactly expect uh, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of films that Gene Simmons was in when he was about like fifty, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure on one of them he just plays like a, a baddie just who just spends his entire time on a boat or something, oh. just like on a yacht, that not really good. doing much. The I could baddie do that. who also sells like branded coffins. Mm-hmm. Because like at some point that's probably just a documentary about Kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is so much Kiss merchandise. <laughs> yeah. Like my I know almost nothing about Kiss. My only exposures to Kiss are Rock School, uh, which for those outside the UK was a TV show that ran in the Rock wake school. of School of Rock, and it was basically like X Factor, but oh. it was School of Rock, but for real, uh, and cool. it birthed the only artist I can think of that came out of rock school was Little Chris. Little uh, Chris was from no, rock school! No, no, checking it out. Ch- ch- checking it out. Oh. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I can't think of another song or artist that came out of rock school. I... Uh, the only other thing I know other than that is branded Kiss coffins and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I, I found out about Kiss through Tony, Tony Hawk's Underground. Uh, I think there was like there was like a secret hidden level where you go to a Kiss concert and like you just do half pipes on the stage and stuff. <laughs> do do sick tricks rather than on the mm, half pipes yeah. on the stage. Yeah, like like with your tongue out to like the bottom of your chin. Like, yeah, pretty and, sure. Like very heavy face paint on and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah, level. I'm cool. Living the Kiss Paul life. Stanley is just standing there. Girl. You're mm-hmm. doing great. All standy, am I right? <laughs> 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 Yeah, I know about Kiss because of Pez dispensers. Oh. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense. Pez dispensers. Oh no, that would be very different. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very different. Yeah. Uh, And uh, a film called I think it was in like Kiss and the the amusement park or something like that the ghost of the amusement park what is this a scooby-doo episode? i was gonna say no there is a, but there is a kiss and scooby-doo there crossover is there <laughs> yeah. this is a different okay matthew's honest right uh there is a kiss and scooby-doo crossover mm-hmm. uh i'm talking about uh i believe it's an animated film starring kiss right naturally and mm-hmm. they they go to an amusement park or something and then 
there's a bad person there who's like doing kooky things or something mm. and they have to fight like the, the monsters with their ray gun mm. powers from their guitars any from what i understand of gene simmons it turns out the monster was kissed the whole time <laughs> the monster the real monster was the friends we made along the way <laughs> we are kiss <laughs> that, uh, that's how they end every concert yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We Happy have been the monsters. <laughs> what, what do we do on this podcast? Oh, yeah. All right, well, yeah. We talk about Kiss, obviously. This is a Kid yeah. uh, Kiss podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kiss FM, as we like to call it, actually. <laughs> Let's yeah. not get sued by Kiss FM. Oh, yeah, no. Um, uh, we, we talk about board games sometimes, you know, in between <laughs> in between everything else. Uh, mm -hmm. We talk about tabletop RPGs. We chat about all things that go on a table and you play them. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we're here to talk about. I heard just just like, I was like, that's a new word. I like it. Japlam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like a CD, a Kiss CD, you might mm. smell the table mm. player. What's so, a CD mean? I was born <laughs> after the year 2000. <laughs> year 2000 <laughs> is a good song by another band, Bursted. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a rock band. Uh. I know, yeah. From Kiss to Busted, yeah. every single. <laughs> yeah. Anyone remember Muck Busted? The the yes. of McFly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That was so, the yeah. event of this of the of my young life. Yeah, Mr. Jarvis. I was once on It's a Small World behind, I believe, Tom Fletcher of McFly fame, uh, and it. You know him now. Yeah, that was the, the, it. kept kept me going through that ride. Mm -hmm. It was uh, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> or just knowing that he was sat in front of you. Yeah. Uh, my so my my cousin uh, asked to go round that ride multiple times. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, Tom Fletcher not there multiple times. But oh, oh shame. You need to tell me. So. He's, he was just like he's. It was actually the ghost of Tom Fletcher, and he was just kind of confined Whoa. to. It's a small, small world. Oh, what a um, what a purgatory to get stuck yeah, the, in. The, the, yeah, the kind of wailing moans of five colours in her hair as she travelled through. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about what we've been up to other than... Alright. Uh, Fine. Liv, that's, that's oh. you. It's been a few weeks since you've been on. Yes, you been on? yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for letting me back on. Uh, I know that I uh, <laughs> I made a mistake last, last time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we finally managed to find like a slot with your agent. Like, yeah, exactly. We, we worked it out. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I've been playing some things. Um, I've been playing Jaws the board game we played the other week because it's dice break a shark week this week. Um, I, have we told have we told everyone what the thing behind Dicebreaker Shark Week is? I don't think we have. I don't think we may have alluded to it at some point. I think like Lolis may have posted on yeah. some social thing somewhere. Uh, but I will... let's, let's enlighten those who who may be unaware of why. Yes. So as far as I understand, because I was very confused about why Shark Week was happening in the first place. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> so it was apparently Shark Week. Lolis told us, "Oh, it's Shark Week. We're going to do some shark stuff." And so we were like, "Cool, amazing," and then. I'm pretty sure we were like recording like um, Sharknado, the Sharknado watch along, which you can see on Dicebreaker Plus pew, 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 if you want to check that out. Um, but yeah, we were halfway through recording that and and, and she was like, oh, it's not actually Shark Week. Um, <laughs> I got it wrong. <laughs> we were like, oh, okay. Well, it's Dicebreaker Shark Week now. And that's Look, where we okay. are. Mm -hmm. In the, in the, the DCU. <laughs> the DBCU? The Dice... <laughs> no, guys, no. breaker is one word. Of course, of course, my bad, my bad. Uh, I'm new. Yeah. <laughs> How long can I keep saying I'm new until like? <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Uh, 
<laughs> in the D in the DCU, the Dice Breaker Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. it is Shark Week. Right. So, mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, I believe when we put it in because we were obviously discussing memberships like a while ago. I think Shark Week was at that point that mm. week, but it yeah. moved, and we did not realize that it had moved. So oh. Shark Week actually took place sometime in July. Right. We had planned this in like March or June because um, we were looking ahead through the year and we're like, that'd be fun to do some shark stuff. Uh, and then nobody told us, like no, nobody, no you know, just big, like the shark committee, the shark week committee, <laughs> the planning committee. Discovery. <laughs> the sharks didn't tell us. The <laughs> yeah. So they're untrustworthy, are. those sharks. I'm telling you, I'm. They but, genuinely like, freak me out. Sorry, yes. Jaws the board game. <laughs> Jaws what game. What was that like, Liv? Well, I'll tell you about it. It was a game in two parts, man. Um, where at the start, um, so me and Wheels were playing the um, the the boys on a ship, um, right. the, the boys on a boat rather, and then Lodi's was playing uh, Jaws, um, <laughs> and his name is Jaws, um, and. Um, so basically we have to we have to attach barrels to the shark to to figure out where the shark was and so lolis was trying to run around while swim around and eat a bunch of people before we could stop her and uh initially she was very successful because she was accidentally cheating but don't worry <laughs> about that <laughs> uh when we started playing the game correctly we tracked her down but then she ate us and our boat so <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate yeah that's not so good no that was part two yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Mm. You needed a bigger boat. Hey. Like the you know movie. What? It's like the movie, Matt. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Um, I <laughs> so I did before we played the shark game, Jaws. Um, I did watch the first half of Jaws, and then after wait, we wait, wait, let's back up. What? Is this is, the first yes. time you've watched Jaws? No. Okay. I don't, I don't think know. so. Like... No, I know that was genuinely like I don't. No, uh, maybe. Um, like, I feel like everyone's kind of peripherally watched Jaws. Yeah, know? it's like just you've absorbed it through osmosis at this point, right? Like... Yeah, exactly. Um, but I guess this was my first full watch through on my own, paying attention, I guess. Um, and, um, and it is a horror film. That's a horror film if I've ever seen one. I know there's some dispute, I think, that it's like a fun adventure film or if it's a horror film <laughs> it's like a pg as well right but there's yeah. a lot of like kind of messed up <laughs> yeah. stuff that goes on in that film Look, it's quite like traumatizing as a child it was oh, a yeah. different <laughs> time like yeah we were you all still a kid and sort of insinuation of a woman's legs being eaten yeah and it was fine it was so even insinuation at that point it was like there was a, a disembodied leg floating down in the water and there's like a man halfway in the shark like i mean <laughs> like mm. it was full on um but um but yeah like it take it also spoilers for jaws <laughs> everyone <laughs> like over 30 years old i know but like one of the main guys just gets taken out like boom he's just gone and it's like wow he's the one i thought would probably make it he's the sh he's the boatman you know but um boatman. boatman but uh but yeah no um we yeah we died in our playthrough so it was a shame but it was close mm. we were one hit away from killing lowly shark there you go that was close. yeah yeah i know I'd, I'd like to actually um <laughs> mm, too, the revenge yeah exactly to the revenge yeah <laughs> yeah sorry michael kane 
that, yeah, that is Jaws two, isn't it? Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking it was like Jaws four, but like it's just the like it's the second or the first sequel, and then <laughs> yeah. they were just like, well, I don't know, like guess we'll just go off the rails with this one. I think there is a maybe mm -hmm. a book because it was based on a book, but I think uh, yeah. the sequel's based Moby on Moby Dick. Well. Um, yeah, they really, they really went serious with the second one. Yeah, and it's also like seventeen hours long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that Jaws two is the film where Michael Caine just outrightly admits that the reason why he's in it is because it's just paying for his new mansion. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. The quote is like, "I haven't seen Jaws two, but I've seen yeah. the house it built, and it's lovely." And it's like, <laughs> I mean, if you're Michael Caine at that point, sure. Yeah. Like, why not just be like, yeah, I cashed that check. Moving on. Uh, yeah, he's he's in the same sort of sphere <laughs> of actors now that what we what we call like the kind of tired and do not care anymore sort of guild, which is like Bruce Willis is is fully in that now. Ben Kingsley, mm -hmm. he doesn't care anymore. Michael Caine, Robert De Niro. Uh, Robert De Niro is yeah. probably in that guild. Yeah, yeah. Dirty Grandpa fully Dirty Grandpa. Wasn't isn't he uh, is he also in war with grandpa? Because I heard a lot about uh, that. Yeah, I think he went through it's like his his grandpa his <laughs> mm -hmm. grandpa period. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> grandpa saga. Didn't he do neighbours with Zach Efron? I think that was that. And did then it's like, that? look, Bob, you can't turn around and do the Irishman after that. Like, <laughs> it was meant to be okay though. Like mm -hmm. Bad, is it like neighbours? Like no, bad isn't that Seth? Yeah. Isn't that Seth Rogen? Oh, is it? For Maybe. some reason, I thought of, in in my head it was Robert. De yeah, I think it was called Bad Neighbours over here because obviously neighbours uh, uh, yeah. attached to the TV show. Yeah, mm -hmm. my neighbours yeah. become good friends. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Which is imagine Robert De Niro right? in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'd do it. He doesn't care anymore. Yeah, but then yeah. he does something like the Irish, but he's like, yeah, you can age me down and it will look really weird mm. and i'll curb stomp someone Spoiler yeah. oh my goodness i've always said that if i was like an a-list celebrity i would do extra work just to mess with people <laughs> mm. like just to be in a background like imagine right. just like i don't know angelina jolie just like in the background background of just like a french foreign film just like yeah. so Liz, you're describing <laughs> yes. uh which also answers Let's answer this question from EA122. Uh -huh. Where does Nicolas Cage fit in this universe? Uh -huh. You are answering a very good question, which is Nicolas Cage just wants to be in every single film he can possibly yeah. be in. Absolutely. Because mm -hmm. I think he genuinely just likes to work. Like, that's yeah. what he does. Yeah. yeah, also he was, like, paying off the IRS for a while, right? So he had... What? <laughs> he had to, yeah, I, I believe what? so. Uh, I believe there, the was, there was something of, like, he had some kind of major, uh, like, fines or... Uh, who let him? Uh, who let him get in trouble with the IRS? <laughs> like surely that. Yeah. I, I believe he. Yeah, I mean, he had like a load of like, like he owned some castles or something, and then he, he owned like a, <laughs> didn't he? Did he like outbid Leonardo DiCaprio for a dinosaur skull? And it cost, like, oh, I do know that. Dollars, I do yeah. know about the Mongolian dinosaur skull. Yeah. Yeah. I do so know about that. that's, that's <laughs> where that was going. So like after that, you need a few films. Like how many? How many Gone in sixty seconds is mm -hmm. a is a large dinosaur skull worth? Yeah. Mm. How many uh, national treasures is a large dinosaur skull worth? Oh, no. this is just reminding me that last night I had a dream where I was like a, a part of like a trivia contest or something, and then one of the answers was Face Off, <laughs> starring oh, wow. Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Is it that? 
Oh, wait. Is yeah. that because we were discussing Face Off yesterday? Oh, maybe it yeah, was. Yeah. That's just like consumed its way into your mind yeah. and, and it back up to the top. It's yeah. never what you expect it to be. It's always mm. just it's... those little, little blips. Yeah. Basically, um... any, any, like, any part of the film where Nicolas Cage is in it, mm -hmm. it's top tier because, like, just that whole opening scene where you just. <laughs> he just, he just grabs that woman's butt and then he's like. In the, I know, look <laughs> on your face, Matt. But, like, when he's, like, got that expression on his face of, like, angelic. Mm, angelic. Interesting. <laughs> like he's, he's seen the face of God. Mm -hmm. I see. You can't replicate that kind yeah. of thing yeah. anywhere else. Um, I would just like to drop in as well that John Muskowitz has, has, has sent us a super chat. Thank you so much, John. Um, yeah, says, you. listening while working, you all very relaxing and make me smile. Please more me and fan fiction in the future. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that I believe your... that's referring to your the books you were describing rather than the, the other way around. I think that was when we right. were doing the segment about his, like, uh, the Captain McFrobbins or whatever it was. <laughs> Captain like, McFrobbins. Uh... Sounds like a Muppet, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Muppets you have to love, but... My Muppet's like a Muppet. Instead, like... <laughs> it sounds like a Muppet from that really, really awful film, The Happy Time Murders, which oh, is essentially yeah. that premise. Melissa McCarthy, yeah. Like... Yeah. Mm. yeah, and it was it was made by uh, Jim Henson's son. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Wow. Like, he's like, this is what my dad wants me to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a Muppets. way to act out, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He came to me in a vision and he said, please make... Mm -hmm. make muppets, a cow, muppets, make a, yeah, make a cow muppet doing. Mm. Oh, I, I can't really repeat. Yeah, it. no, I, re <laughs> I recall. Yeah, L listen to a very good podcast called The Flop House. Like ah, really The Flop House mm -hmm. of of the Happy Time Murders, mm -hmm. which is very good. Uh, anyway, yes. Uh, shall live? What else have you? <laughs> I know we've <laughs> covered one thing. Uh, <laughs> I have also. Um, played Villainous again. Um, I played oh. it with my partner and it was a lot of fun. Um, I like that game. It's very good. It's super fun. I played as Yzma finally. Um, Yay. Yeah, I've been... It was honestly, I felt like I was just being um, enabled because um, we were just playing um, Villainous. I was playing as Yzma and we had the Emperor's New Groove on in the background as we played. Very fun experience because honestly, underrated, uh, underrated film. Mm, yeah, it's the it's best really Disney good. film. Like I will stand by that. Oh, okay. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah. I will die on this hill. <laughs> um, it does have John Goodman in it? So. it yeah, mm -hmm. Empress of Groove is really it's it's top tier. Like it is yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. It's very funny. It's a one. very funny film. It's very good. But I kind of would recommend like watching one of the films that with the character you're playing in it at the same time if like me you need several sources of entertainment coming at you from various points um but because like it like there were just moments where it would like the scene would exactly match the card and you'd be able to compare the card and blah 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 and it was just like uh, oh that's Liv, cool a very important question yeah. is there a card called pull the lever <laughs> yes <laughs> oh yeah. no there's a card called wrong lever which uh, is uh, <laughs> wrong lever wrong it's it's Why it's. Even <laughs> it's honestly a devastating card. It's basically like, oh, take um half of Isma's power, round it up because she just fell into the crocodile pit, and this is like, you, like I had like ten power, and it was just like, oh, half oh. of that's gone. I was like, okay, well, 
It's a bad lever. It's bad. Oh, it also has a fun effect as well. Like if so, so Yzma has four fate piles. The fate piles are like the stuff that the other people have to do to stop you from winning the other yeah. villains. Um, she has four of them because she's searching for Kuzgo, blah, blah, blah. Um, the wrong lever card. Yeah, Kuzgo, Kuzgo's poison. Kuzgo's poison. Um, and no matter what, if you like, if they search through one of the piles, if your opponent searches through one of the piles and they see wrong lever, it's like this immediately has to be played. Like you can't choose anything else. Oh, wow. Boom. It's done. Um, <laughs> so that, I thought that was a very fun little, little, little twist. Um, but oh. yeah, that's good. Uh, also, I we played Avatar Legends, which I don't know if we've spoken about. I haven't spoken yeah, about it. Yeah, we, we spoke about it in the last podcast. Okay. But Liv, mm. please give your thoughts on mm. Avatar Legends. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was really fun. I thought that it kind of catches the spirit of Avatar like really well um, and like gives you a lot of kind of... Like, I feel like our characters kind of explored sides that weren't covered in the actual series, which is, like, really cool. And it's fun that you kind of get to do that together as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's pretty much me. I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, Mian, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> talking. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I've not played a huge amount this week. Mm-hmm. Um... I did play some Lost uh, Ruins of Arnak again with some friends. Mm-hmm. I have talked about this game on the podcast in the past, but I think that was a while ago. Because uh, uh, we were like, let's play a board game. Uh, and we weren't sure what to play. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, let, let me teach you Lost Ruins of Arnak, because I've now kind of made it my mission to get as many people on board with this game as possible, mm-hmm. because it's real good. And uh, look, deck building games are just my thing. I mm-hmm. love deck building games. I think they're so good. I love the mechanic behind them. I want to play as many as possible. And Lost Ruins of Arnak is partly a deck building game with worker placement elements to it. The deck building, I will say, is not a huge part of it. Um, you know, it's a funny, it's a funny old game because it's one of those things where you'll get a certain thing out of it depending on what you choose to invest in. So it's one of those games where you kind of have to like pick your route to potential victory and kind of just dedicate yourself to it. Mm. Because if you try and do too many things, then you're just inevitably not going to have enough. You're going to run out of steam. Like you're you're not going to have enough uh, resources and time to kind of do everything you want to do. So the first time I played it, I kind of so it's a game where you're um, exploring this this island, mm-hmm. and it happens to be covered in some lost ruins is it is the island called arnak potentially oh wow <laughs> potentially leave that one in <laughs> um and you you can sort of choose you know you're ultimately getting victory points but you can kind of choose how you want to get those so you can get victory points by getting cards by going up this research track which requires you to pay different resources or you can explore the island itself and kind of find these these like um, totem things and fight these monsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's very much a case of, like for example, the research track requires quite a lot of resources to really get the kind of the most victory points out of it. Mm-hmm. So the people I was playing with who are very, very, very good at board games, <laughs> 
were like playing it for the first time and I was explaining to them they were like, oh we'll pick it up as we go along obviously they beat me uh, but they went through the research track kind of they both went down that path whereas I decided to explore the, the island and kind of look for the different totems and, and fight the beasts and everything because last yeah. time I did the research track so it's the case of just me trying out different ways of approaching the game which is what i really like about games like foster runes of arnak because mm. they're the kind of games that you want to play over and over again because you're like oh i want to see what happens if i try and do yes. this uh kind of method mm. and for me it's not necessarily about trying to win i mean winning would be nice but it's more like just exploring what the game has to offer um it's real good. The artwork's real nice. Unfortunately, the board game arena app version isn't fantastic. Mm. You can't like zoom in on stuff, uh. which is really awkward because like some of the board elements, you need to try and read the symbols and can't really see them properly. Is that in the two D mode? Does it? Because I yeah, know, like, and in the three uh, D mode is weird as well. Oh, really? Like mm. it's just I think the way it's been put into the into board game arena. Yeah, the three D mode is never. It always feels a bit like. Mm. It just, yeah, I think I, whatever they use, it like they're clearly not designed specifically in 3D, right? It just kind of like gives you a yeah. weird virtual camera to look at stuff, but it, yeah, yeah, oh, weird. But, um, I would recommend it. It's the kind of game that I just want to play with, with everyone. It's like design mm. again, the design team, it's their first game. What the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is just the it's, it's more than competent. It's like, this is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like it's a game that I saw mentioned a lot, but I hadn't heard a lot of people I knew talking about it. And then I kind of gave it a go and was like, this is real good. Uh, so, would recommend Lost Ruins of Arnak. Um, I kind of think I want a physical copy myself now. I mean, wouldn't would mind say, trying it, yeah. Would you say it's, because um, obviously, like you say, it's deck building, it's got a bit of work placement. Is it quite heavy to learn the rules of, or? I'd say initially it's very, it's a lot. Like mm. initially, it's it's just there's a lot because it's one of those games that branches out. Mm. So like, or I guess more specifically, you could start with loads of options and then you narrow it down. Right. So it's the case of where if you want to get a full idea of what you can do, you've got to take all of it in first, and then you can decide. Oh, I'm going to try this research track thing, or I'm going to collect these cards because you can get cards called artifacts, for example which um, are usually worth quite a few victory points and also they have special effects but in order to you you don't get them the same way you get the other cards mm. so it's just like another layer on top of an existing layer so initially it's just a lot to kind of take in and it can be a little bit off-putting but then once you kind of get into the game things aren't as like it definitely if you want to like win i think it definitely requires you to think carefully about each action because I think there is a there is like an element of um, maximizing like min max so like maximizing each turn like each round so like you pass on a, at the end of a round once everyone's passed it moves on to the next round mm -hmm. so it's the case of how much can you squeeze out of every single round before you have to pass mm. and you can have kind of your turns combo into your next turn to kind of be you know like increase what you can do each round so i think it's a game with a lot of depth but it once you get your head around the initial elements of it it's not like incredibly complicated 
I guess That's it depends good. on your experience level, but... Mm. Yeah, your enthusiasm for it has me... Because kind of like you, I've seen it around, but I've not played it myself. Mm -hmm. But listening to you describe it, I'm like, that sounds like it sounds really cool. Like, it I, sounds like I, the... I like all those ingredients, so... Mm -hmm. I think you would like this game. Like, I, it's one of those games that is just, like, meaty in terms of... Mm. There's a lot there for you to chew on. Yum. <laughs> and, and you can keep coming back to it like a like a piece of old... It's like that... Like Jaws. Like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yum. Mm. Or, it's, or it's like that hoagie that Homer eats in that episode. Oh, that. Oh, that's You know, the one that's like really long and then you just keep coming back to eat it. Yeah. Um, and it fully goes off by the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. Look at that thing. Um, but yeah, hopefully you won't have the same terrible consequences as eating that hoagie. But. Mm. Um, <laughs> you can only hope. Uh, yeah, that, that genuinely was one of my favourite scenarios from that entire show. Like, just <laughs> him in the bed with the hoagie mm -hmm. and Marge just being like, are you going to eat that? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. I think I was like, oh, can you leave me alone with the hoagie? And like, are you going to eat it? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. no, apart from playing moment. Ross... Huh? I said it's a good moment. You please carry on. <laughs> a great moment. Yeah. Apart from playing Lost Ruins of Ardax, that's the only kind of tabletop stuff I've really been doing this week. Um, to be honest, I've not had the opportunity to do much else. Uh, apart from that, I finished watching Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. <gasps> so now you're on Korra? Or... Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, I've cool. got Korra <laughs> queued up. I'm just gonna find the right moment to kind of start watching that. I love Matt Korra. Jarvis. <laughs> Cora stands united. Ah, I love Cora. <laughs> I am in the the very uh, pleasant position of being surrounded by friends who are who are just sort of very intensely excited just for me to watch to watch Lend of Cora. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know anything um, about it or like vaguely? I know that it takes place sometime after the original. Avatar series. Mm -hmm. I know that maybe some of the old characters might be in there. <gasps> what? No. I don't know in what capacity. Um, I know that there's some gay stuff in it. What? To, to, in yeah, in my to animated my television show? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. Because they're, they're just very into that. Um, so I have that to look forward to. Um, yeah, I know some some bits. I, in fact, the majority of my friends actually think Korra is better than than Avatar. And I think it's just because of our age. Like, I think, yeah. I think a lot of us watched Korra at the right kind of time, whereas we might have been a bit too old for Avatar. I don't know, but because, like I've said before, when I first started watching Avatar, the thing that I really sort of bounced off of. Was the fact that it is clearly very aimed at a very kiddie audience initially like mm. there are aspects of it that go kind of into a more serious angle which i really enjoy but i i did laugh a lot at like the humor for the, like some of it is a bit much like i think soccer especially can be a bit too yeah. much as like he clearly is the comedic relief for, for the kids mm. like although like some of the things he says is very funny like there's a bit in one episode <laughs> where he's in a these these two will know this I think but he's mm -hmm. in a tent waiting for someone that he he Is it the rose? very much no no it's the bit it's like one of the last episodes mm -hmm. like in in his tent waiting for someone that he he likes yeah 
and then like Zuko walks in and just the expression on Zuko's face <laughs> like like Zuko's face just made me laugh so much oh um, I thought he had a rose in between his teeth like maybe he wrong. does he does okay there, there does. we are okay that good bit, <laughs> bit, yeah. um, and that whole episode of the play is just mate I was laughing throughout the entire episode basically mm -hmm. Uh, it was very funny, like fourth wall breaking. Like that is so clever. Yeah. Like, I, I, the kind of. Mm. Mm. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I feel like we've spoken about like Ang and Sokka and uh, Katara a bunch. Toph is so good. I love Toph so Toph much. Toph is so Toph good. Like, I love Toph. Toph. Toph's reaction to that whole play is fantastic. Yeah. When they're like looking at her, waiting to see what she thinks about the person who's playing her, and she's like, "This is great." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, excellent yeah, casting for Toph. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, like, Toph being blind, it's just a nice, like, addition of, mm. the, you know, this character is entirely capable, and if not more so, like, in the sense that she's, you know, it's she's so clever. incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. and she created metal bending, like, that's wild. But also, I have to say, <laughs> uh, Fire Lord Ozai, the, there's a bit this isn't really a spoiler but there's a bit where he just like rips off his robes and he's like shredded like a ninja turtle it's like absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I sent a message to Gwen because I was basically live messaging them the entire thing mm -hmm. and I was like oh my god he's totally ripped just in big cap <laughs> oh wow um, so yeah I'm looking forward to Korra yeah, because oh. I think it will be more my thing just because it's a bit old. Like if the characters are a bit older, adults, I think it will have a more mature tone, but yeah. like, still be funny. I also wanted to mention that Azula is also fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, Azula is good. I, that the whole like swimsuit beach episode. Oh, the beach episode! Oh my god, yes. So <laughs> funny when she's playing like, you know. Um, volleyball and she's just so aggressive about it and then that guy like the bit where she just turns to him and she's like we're gonna dominate the world we'll be such a power couple <laughs> that energy that she mm. has she knows what she wants me and my friends yeah. used to always like threaten like okay we're going down to the beach i'm gonna have a beach episode okay we're, we're going now <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna sit around a fire and spill everything yeah, we're gonna have some character development yeah together. exactly yeah, yeah. And I will, I'll give a shout out to Ty Lee, because Ty Lee, I just Ty Lee. feel such, mm -hmm. I feel such a connection to Ty Lee as a character, yeah. like, she very much has, I love her, her, like, sh um, Shimbo kind of energy, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, she's just, she's, people underestimate her, and she's very capable, but she's also, like, just very happy to mm -hmm. be here, and just very, like, enthusiastic, <laughs> They did some. I, I do like her. They did. They made some good characters for Avatar. Yeah, they really like, did. Even the supporting characters outside of the main like group, like I mean, General Iroh is the best character he's, in the entire yeah, he's series. Just a, <laughs> a ball of pure goodness. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We stand. We stand. On we do. Mm, do. But, um, um, yeah. By the and way, other than that, oh yeah, hello, oh. yeah. Oh, sorry, I was no, just going to say live. that Ethan Cannon said, Cora uh, walked so She-Ra and Steven Universe could run with queer themes. And I agree. That was, that was good stuff. Yes, carry on, man. <laughs> yeah, I've heard good things about that. I might even just move on to those once I finished Cora because yeah. I'm kind of in like a 
a role in terms of mm -hmm. animated shows kind of aimed at younger audiences. You know but where like... this path leads, Mia? Mm. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, I will say if you like Korra, I really like the comics uh, of Korra, which continued the story after the end of the series, and I think they're very good, and they uh, delve into the relationship side more as well. Um, because, yeah. But the thing is, I, really like like, I, I used to be a big fan of Adventure Time and mm. the regular show, which were kind of like Nickelodeon programs, were they? Nick no, cart no, they were Cartoon Network yeah, programs. Yeah. I haven't thought about the regular show in ages. Mm -hmm. I totally yeah. forgot that, that existed. They were Cartoon Network shows that kind of popped up, like in my late teens, um, like early twenties, mm. uh, and they were again in that same kind of area of they're for kids, but. But. They've also got a lot to offer adults as well, like Adventure Zone. Sorry, not Adventure Zone. Adventure Time. Adventure Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adventure Time is just such. I mean, I don't need to talk about it. Like, it is an iconic show with just like some great characters, like Tree Trunks. Like Tree Trunks is just um, just the best. Tree Trunks is the kind of character that I would make. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. Whereas, like, like Lemon Grab is all of my RPG characters ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and I'll never forget the episode with Fiona and Kate, and just being like, "This is this resonates massively with me in terms of like this is the fourth or break of like fan fiction <laughs> versions of characters." Um. But yeah, and now I'm kind of at the age where I've got more of a, an, there's a kind of gap there that I feel like I'm filling with like Avatar and Korra and everything. I feel like I'm potentially going down a path of watching these kind of shows again, where they're they're for kids, but like, they they adults can have fun watching them as well. Yes, Matt Jarvin. No, no, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Just making like, faces. Like I say, you, uh, you know where the animation yeah, I know. <laughs> All roads lead back know. to anime. Um, I mean, I was already watching like Castlevania. Mm. I mean, that's closer to anime than that's closer. Than yeah, the definitely. Stuff yeah. That I was watching. Yeah. I, I think anime is a possibility. It's just I don't know where to start. You just need to start. Yeah, be I think stars. that's Beast. Beast. Beast stars. Liv, have you watched the new season of Beastars yet? Yeah. I haven't. Oh. So I need to catch up and we will discuss. Yes, but, please. Uh, that can yeah. be on our, uh, well, this isn't trash TV, but it can be on our discussion video for mm, yeah. for members. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like there are certain shows that I could really get into. It's just there are certain parts of anime that I've sort of encountered a little bit that yeah. I'd like, that put me off quite a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like I can circumvent them by just watching the right shows. Yeah, there are a lot of shows that do much better. Like, definitely, like there are hallmarks of the genre that unfortunately are in like a lot of particularly older anime. But there are so many shows, both old and new, that mm -hmm. walk around that kind of more distasteful stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> like Seven I Deadly Sins. I tried to get into, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anything that's too like um, there's a woman like a, uh, a woman character and then like there's a guy and he's like mm -hmm. just a nose a massive nosebleed or something and then just like yeah booby bounces mm -hmm. and yeah mm -hmm. 
stuff like that. Like even like shows that people are really into. Like um, I remember like a video about Persona Five, which, as far as I know, is a really beloved game, like video game. But then it's parts of it are just ruined because it has to have like the stuff where there's a a woman, you know, there's a female character in it, and oh look, yeah, that sort of stuff is yeah. Grim, it's just but... disappointing. It's like you don't need to put that in, like just because it's an anime. Yeah, or... I guess that's mm. why like um, shows like uh, Korra and then like Steven Universe and stuff. It's just like it's a safe space. You know, it's not going to go into that territory, yeah. which is nice. <laughs> um, um, by yeah. the way, Steven Universe is fantastic. It was yeah. like, formative I'm... for me. It was like, ugh. it's on the list. It's on the list to watch for sure. Ah. Yes, Matthew Jarvis. Well, I was going to say, if you're looking for a good starting place for anime, mm-hmm. if you're looking for ah. three shows that you might want to watch that don't have problematic elements. What are they? We might have, we might have a member video on that. Oh. oh, well, I should watch that. You should watch that. Everyone should watch that. Mm-hmm. A part of Dicebreaker Plus. Yeah. But... Which you can yeah. look below <laughs> to click the join button if you yeah. want to, baby. It's up to you. Um, um. <laughs> other, other stuff is just, I, I'll give a shout out why not? I've been talking about this with Matt Jarvis and a few other people. <laughs> there is a YouTube creator that I really like called uh, Noah Cadwell Gervais, which some people might already know. He covers video games, so I guess not really tabletop related. However, <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> um, uh, he makes these incredible like video essays. <sighs> mm-hmm. Uh, and he's recently released a seven and a half hour video <laughs> about the Resident Evil franchise, and I've just had that on the background, and it's just so good. Like mm-hmm. such a soothing voice, and he he just breaks down these games, which some of the plots are just just absolutely just mind boggling, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous, and somehow he manages to articulate what the hell happens in them. <laughs> Super and I just get to sit there and go, I don't have to play this, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can kind of understand what happened. Mm. So, um, by the way, oh, sorry, yes. I was going to say that Angel Beat mentioned Agretzico, which is a fantastic anime, so good. I watched some of that, yeah, mm-hmm. and I kind of found it like funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not hugely into the art style, I will say. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes there's certain, there's certain, for example, um, Ruby, which I've heard is pretty like messy anyway mm. like that art style i really don't like no the, the kind of 3d cg kind of yeah like, i, I don't dig the 3d stuff at all no. like i just find it really really like there's that show on netflix the dragon prince which is another one that i've had an eye on mm. and it's not too bad it doesn't go too it looks like it doesn't go too far into like the 3d aesthetic thing mm-hmm. But um, even like the look of that is kind of like, uh... yeah. I was unsure about B stars because of that initially, and then I was like, actually, no, it it works. Like it's it's two D but three D. I don't know. It's 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 good. I like it. They start Matthew out, Jarvis. I think. Mm. Uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah please tell us what you're doing. over the torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, hello to Kirsty, uh, who's a very good friend of mine who is in the chat. Hello. Oh, I guess they're wonderful, uh, and I saw them <laughs> pop up recommending anime. So. Uh, I have, uh, I'm largely, I'm also partly doing that to fill time because I've played almost nothing. Right. Um, I continue to play Descent Legends of the Dark, which I've spoken at about length, uh, at yep. length about now. I continue to plug uh, my way through that campaign with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want to point... hear 
Matt's thoughts on that game, you can uh, read a kind of thoughts piece that you've put out on the website now. Dicebreaker.com. Yeah, mm-hmm. about the, the app particularly. And then we will have a full review coming once I finish the campaign, because the campaign is long. Um, and I think that is one of my, I mentioned this last week, uh, so I won't make the point, but I think that's the biggest question mark for me now, is I'm having a great time with the gameplay and the story in the world. Some people, I've seen some people griping about the art style, but I, like, it's not. I'm not like over the hills about it, but I kind of like it. Like, it fits. <laughs> I feel like it fits the kind of slightly goofy writing, like it, uh, yeah, it just kind of feels like I'm, I'm having a good time. I like those characters. I like the, the way it's presented. But the big question mark for me now is for a $170 game, uh, and I actually saw this week confirmed that it's 175 quid in the UK, uh, which is probably a result mm-hmm. of Brexit and shipping stuff and so on. Um, but that's, that's a huge chunk of change. Um, and that's I think it, yeah. the, com- the component quality is fantastic. The 3D terrain is brilliant. Like The miniatures look great. Um, but the big question mark for me now is how long is that campaign? How many hours do you actually get out of that box? Because there's definitely replayability in terms of using different characters and randomized elements, mm-hmm. but I don't know how long that main campaign goes for. We've now played about 20 hours or so, I reckon. Mm. Um, which is, you know, that's that's quite a lot of time to put into a board game when you're put, playing it in one to two hour chunks. You know, that's 20 days or so. Um, and particularly if you're not playing it every day, you're meeting up with a weekly group, you know, mm. that's half a year. And I don't think we're actually anywhere near the end of the campaign. <laughs> like, I've I've seen suggestion that it's maybe up to 50 hours long. But I think still, when you're investing that amount of money into a game, it's worth knowing how much you're actually going to get out of it in terms mm. of, of gameplay. Yeah. Also, I think... Sorry, Liv. I was just going to ask, like, I'm not sure, I don't know much about it. Is it like a dungeon crawler? Like, what? what... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it is, it's, um, some folks might remember Descent Journeys in the Dark, uh, which had a second edition in like 2012. Mm-hmm. So this is very much not a third edition. They were very upfront before they released it saying, hey, this isn't connected to that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of the Descent universe, um, which is the world of Terranoth, which before this game, mm-hmm. I did not care about at all and thought it was very bland fantasy, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I think with the characters in this game, I'm a little more invested now. But it is—it's very much, yeah. It's—it's it's a dungeon crawler. You go around maps. It is—it will be very familiar to anyone that's played Mansions. It will be very familiar to anyone that's played things like uh, Journeys in Middle Earth. Uh, you know, you move each turn. You get two actions, so you can either interact with things on the map or you can fight enemies by rolling dice. And there are a couple of extra new mechanics, so you can flip over cards to access different skills and change your weapons. And that also clears tokens off of them. So when you use skills, they build up fatigue. But you flip the cards and that clears it. Mm. So it'll kind of be like, okay, I'm going to use these throwing knives for a few turns. I'm using the skills off of them, so I've got fatigue tokens. So then I'm going to spend an action to flip it, which will clear it. But now I have to move in because I've got a melee left at them. Which I think is actually a really good way of keeping it quite engaging. So you're not just like stood in one place, like endlessly firing arrows or knives at someone. Mm-hmm. It kind of forces you to be a little bit more on your toes about things. Um, but I, when you boil it down, the gameplay bit isn't, you know, it's not wildly different to any other dungeon crawler. It's just a very polished, polished solid experience. one of those. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think really... there's value in that, you know? Yeah, I really think Again, I've not played it, but I've been very interested to play it. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's just one of those games. 
as when it comes to price tag, I just kind of feel like it's one of those games that you you need to buy with other people. Yeah. Because it is very expensive. One hundred and seventy pounds is a lot of money. I can't. It, obviously, if you have the kind of money to spare on that kind of thing, like then then there you go. But I really think it's the kind of game that people should be buying with their friends because one, it makes it more affordable. Two, you're gonna be you're gonna need a, a consistent group to play a kind of game mm-hmm. like that anyway. So it makes a lot of sense, just like you would a Gloomhaven, it makes a lot of sense mm. to buy it with, with a group and say, okay, we're going to play this together. Mm. And, you know, this is our thing for the next few how months, long. however long it takes yeah. to you to finish it. Um, and then maybe you could, like, share it with someone else and they could have they could play it with, with their group. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not like a legacy it's game. It's not a legacy like, game. Totally. It, yeah, it, 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 it can, can be it played multiple times, which, again, is kind of its a strength there i guess mm. in terms of like the, the the value that you get in it you're not just gonna play it once yeah. um yeah. i i as for the art style i really like i saw you know some of the pictures of the character art and i was like i really like how these characters yeah. look i think it's very dynamic and gives them personality um obviously matt you said the app is 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 and pretty good <laughs> like in yeah terms like... Of, so we've actually switched over. So we were using a pre-release version of the app um, previously, and we switched over to the Steam version now that the game is out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't had any issues. We I mentioned last week we had one kind of game-breaking yeah. bug, but that was on the pre-release, pre-release version, and I've confirmed with Fancy Flight that they are patching that, so that should no longer be an issue. Yeah. And other than that, we've had kind of no real problems. Um, one thing I'll actually say is is regarding the like the characters, um, which, like I say, like I generally like the writing. It's a bit it's very kind of stock fantasy it's exactly yeah. what you'd expect it's like i have like x reason to go adventuring i have like y kind of thing in my background that will come up occasionally mm-hmm. um but one of the things i think about the the party of adventurers that you're with is they aren't just kind of the stock like um like here's, here's a warrior yeah exactly like mm-hmm. here's a, here's a warrior here's an age and also there's like a character that uses they them pronouns and there oh, cool. are there's a character who communicates with uh, sign language um and things like that and it's not they don't lean upon it in a way that feels like exposure at least, at least to me mm. speaking from obviously my experience i am not perfectly experienced with uh, either of those uh, kind of lived experiences mm-hmm. but it felt um kind of naturally addressed and included in a way that was just kind of like just... why don't we see more of this in fantasy like yeah because yeah. this is like, inclusion especially like, yeah exactly yeah. Like... especially in a game where like character matters like characters mm. matter mm. like in this experience it, it makes such a difference i imagine to yeah it, it does make a difference to see you know characters that do have those those aspects to them mm. yeah um yeah it's good to see them good to see like fancy flight and that lot kind of putting those elements into their games and diversifying yeah. their characters a bit more. Um, yeah, I think generally yeah. Fantasy Flight have been quite good with the inclusion and representation in the past. Until you look at something like Arkham Horror, which has kind of reclaimed the Lovecraft, like obviously yeah. Lovecraft, terrible racist, horrible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind uh, of reclaimed that with a cast of investigators who like almost yeah. fly directly in the face of Lovecraft's like, yeah. here is a white European man just... <laughs> going through this thing mm-hmm. so yeah they they generally have a, a decent track record with, with this stuff but it's just nice mm. to see particularly in fancy games when there are so many fancy games that are just like here's 
four white cis dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, here's a warrior, a mage, a ranger, yeah, or, and a rogue. Or, you know, yeah, or here's a woman wearing a, a uh-huh, yeah. bikini or exactly, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll have much more to say on Descent, because, like I said, I'm putting a lot of time into it. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but there is clearly a lot more to go. Uh, but that's basically all I've been playing, because I've just been trying to chock on through that. I have played, I think we discussed it last week, but obviously I'm playing Avatar Outside of Work as well, which I mm. continue to really like that RPG. Like, I'm excited to continue with that. Um, other than that, to be honest, I haven't really done anything either, <laughs> because I got my second jab, go and get your jabs, people. Uh, but I yes. went and got my second vaccine on uh, last Saturday, and it wiped me out for the weekend. Yeah. So I spent most of the weekend just feeling it. sorry for myself. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah, yeah. snotting in a corner um mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i was <laughs> self-isolating so i was also at home mm-hmm. feeling a bit grumpy but <laughs> the weather was terrible anyway so mm. who needs not it the worst and i had i had mass effect so mm-hmm. uh, i was entertained but... hey, something i didn't mention but i just remembered Ooh. Yeah. we played D. yes we all played are Dungeons we allowed to talk i don't know are we I'm making an executive decision here. I'm okay, cool. We can, we can tease it. I'm not going to say why we played Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm going to say that we played Dungeons and Dragons. We did. Yeah, we played uh, Dungeons and Dragons together as a group. Together in the in same person. room. In... Would you believe it? was it? incredible. Mm. Very nice room. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it was really good fun. It was like amazing to just see everyone again. It was it was. Uh, I said this uh, yesterday. When I was down mm-hmm. in Brighton, yeah. but it was a real, it was a real balm for the soul kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, both to to see you all and to to play something in person rather than in tiny boxes on a computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good feeling. So who knows? Who knows what? why we may have been playing? What could Dungeons it be? I have no idea. I have no idea. It was just one of those things, you know, it just happened. We just um, all happened you know, to be in Brighton so at the same time. It was just like a D20 in my in my hand, and then it was wrong. Yeah. Wow. Then, yeah. yeah. And we were all rolling That's... really poorly. <laughs> yeah, we really were. Uh. <laughs> Sam Dilk said, did you play Dungeons & Dragons for the express purpose of torturing wheels? <laughs> I mean, what? that's not entirely inaccurate, but... <laughs> I'm not going to go into more, more detail about why. Uh, let's do some news, shall we? Let's do some news. Let's leave that hanging on that exciting. Yeah. Little, little Stay tease. tuned. Um, mm. Let's get to the chopper. Let's get to the chopper. It's back in the air after a brief period of not being brief in the air. air. <laughs> um, I picked out a couple of interesting games um, from this week. Uh, or a couple of headlines even. But the first one is a game. Uh, Chase, a uh, wonderful news reporter, wrote up this announcement story about that time you killed me, which first of all, great name for a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has a really fantastic premise. So I believe this is coming from Capstone, who folks might know from things like Pipeline. Uh, I think they re-released a bus. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> what's up? Bus? I'm just laughing bus. about bus. bus yeah. Just laughing about bus. Uh, yep. We actually we had a, a wonderful piece about bus uh, this week yeah. uh, on the the website from Jean Luca, uh, who wrote about bus. Uh, for folks who don't know, bus is a game from like 1999. It was one of the very first worker placement games before Carcassonne, and you drive buses around and you also travel through time, which leads me neatly back to that time you killed me, mm-hmm. which is a game about time traveling. Um, I think kind of kind of assassins it's kind of a bit death loopy um, in that okay. they are time bending assassins it's a two player game and you're playing against each other and trying to take each other out 
Um, so you like can leave uh, traps for each other, and you can travel through time and use that to your advantage. But obviously, your rival can also travel through time and leave traps. Uh, so yeah, and I I really like the look of it. It's got this very kind of like um, I don't know the best way of describing the art. It's it's almost a bit Dixity, uh, like that kind of surreal. Mm. There's like an elephant under a cup in one of these. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, it's got that kind of like dreamlike. You should visit uh, dicebreaker.com to have a look at this wonderful artwork. Yeah, uh, included in Chase's article because mm. it, mm. it's real special. You should. So, yeah, and it's so you play on multiple boards. So there are multiple gridded boards, and the game itself actually isn't super kind of visually um, overwrought because you have just kind of like they almost look like chess pieces, like white and black yeah. chess pieces on each board, which I think represent different timelines or different areas. Mm. Um, but apparently, it plays about fifteen to thirty minutes. I don't believe there's a release date on it just yet. Um, so they've kind of teased this, but they haven't said when it when it's coming out. I don't think they've said that there'll be a Kickstarter or anything like that. But I just wanted to bring it up because I think A, the name is fantastic. Mm -hmm. B, it looks really great and the concept is really exciting and different. Um and it's just one of those games that I thought that looks really cool. That's that's such a fresh kind of idea, even though it's a bit definitely beat. In terms of board games, mm -hmm. I haven't really seen another game no. that does something like this. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to check it out at some point. Is it, whenever, um... whenever it appears into the timeline. <laughs> is it only two players? Just two players, Max? I believe it is just two players. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, it's just head-to-head -head assassination time. Mm. You saw uh, his caps though, because this. Oh, is maybe Pandasaurus. no. I'm I'm. Yeah, you're completely right. I'm very sorry. I don't know why I said capstone. It's from Pandasaurus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I had capstone I... on the mind because. Uh, yeah. No. Ca... They I was announced something earlier. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, so Pan Pandasaurus. Yeah, Dinosaur fire. Island and other things. I forgot what <laughs> Pandasaurus did. Uh, they've um... done a lot of stuff. I think they re released the mind and the game and stuff like that. Mm. Dinosaur yeah. Island, I think, is their most well known. Yeah, yeah. Dinosaur Island is, is like what most people will know about them, but they do Machikoro as well. Ah, of course um, they do, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Brew is one of their newest games, which I've heard really good things about, actually. I'm intrigued by brew mm. um and they also did that dexterity game sonora oh that's like the disc clicking one right yeah 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 disc, disc clicking game yeah uh so yeah yeah thank you for catching me on that it is pandasaurus uh and th so they've given it price so it's 40 dollars, so about 30 quid mm -hmm. um but they haven't said i think they put it up a pre-order but they haven't said when it will actually come out so mm -hmm. presumably it means relatively soon if they're taking money for it and they've got what looked like final copies who knows, I don't think they tend the to mess about. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think they tend to no. mess about with releases. Um, yeah. yeah, there we go. Cool. Next time you killed me. Mm -hmm. um, sounds like a, the title of a Friends episode. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's It sounds like the title of uh, a James Bond theme. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, mm -hmm. so who who would sing the James Bond theme that time you killed me? Um, what's her name? Kate Bush. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'd um, love that. Bad guy. Bad guy. Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish. Oh yeah, no, I can see that. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. I, I, she'd do a yeah. I'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean That'd be fun. Yeah. I don't 
don't mind her music. She's all yeah, right. She's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'd be very funny to just hear. faint praise there. Yeah, it's like, oh, like, yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I can tell her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, to be honest. Billy Eilish isn't coming over here to to get compliments. She doesn't yeah. care what I think. Yeah. <laughs> She's coming over here to record the theme for the next James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Did they confirm who the who's doing the theme song for the? It's Billy Eilish, right? Yeah. Is it actually Billy Eilish? I believe it is actually Billy Eilish. Is it? No. No, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That was announced a while ago. I believe it is Billy Eilish. That's wild. That's Billy insane. Billy no, I didn't know that. Oh. It's... As Dice Breaker's James Bond correspondent. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I think Resident Psychic, because I had no idea. Um. I mean, I would say I would rather the new film be called That Time You Killed Me instead of No, no time, time to, to die, die, because I don't like that title at all. It sounds weird. It sounds, yeah, it's a bit like clunky and. I mean, what I think the last James Bond title with dying probably die another day, right? Die, die another yeah. day. So, the e best, e the best James Bond. Look, e uh, <laughs> Madonna bad fencing. Film. Yes, bad so. song. Rude. Not a bad song. Pierce Brosnan was my husband back then. Um, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. My husband. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I had very sophisticated taste for a ten-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Surely you were insulted by how they did him dirty then in that film because it's mm, not good. Nah. He started Goldeneye, incredible. Yeah, Goldeneye ever dies, very yeah. good. Like, like very good in a kind of like <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> way of like oh this premise God. makes no sense at all. <laughs> You're just committing atrocities and then being like, I'm going to report the news first, as if no one's going to suspect that. Um, and then yeah, just falls off a cliff with. Uh, well, no, you missed one. Afterwards. The world's not enough. Oh, the world's, the world's not, not enough, enough came after Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like uh, the yeah. fact that there was an yeah. ice castle. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Liv, I thought that was cool. The, the CGI surfing. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Halle Berry was there, too. It was good stuff. Yeah. She mm -hmm. deserved better as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, like, yeah, she had, like, Halle Berry, incredible, you know, like, incredible yeah. movie star. Like, yeah. I think that was not that many years before or after Catwoman as well. And it's it like, was a bad mm -hmm. time for her. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, Look. you are so much better than this. Like, Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Halle Berry, Madonna, Ice Castle. You've got all the ingredients. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, the way that they were mixed together and produced, it created a, a terrible smelling. That's flat. your opinion. That's yeah. my opinion. Yes. I will say, uh, Die Another Day was the first CD I ever owned. Oh. My dad bought me it on on bought me the single on CD. Cute. There you go. Bring it back to yeah. CDs. That mm. job. Yeah, yeah. I think mine was Ant and Dex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course it was. Wow. A different James Bond theme. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this uh, the second news story I pulled this week is just kind of like a uh, more of a kind of a interesting state of the state of the industry let's call it um i spoke to fancy flight a little while ago um specifically their i believe i'm gonna find the job title it's just somewhere in here product strategy director jim cartwright um i spoke to jim about generally how the studio is doing um obviously descent's coming out this year they've announced a lot of things in the last few years around living card games um so i asked kind of you know what's what's kind of the What's the, what's the temperature like around living card games? 
um, because we've seen things like the Lord of the Rings card game that's gone on hiatus. It hasn't come back out of hiatus yet. Um, Android Netrunner was cancelled a couple of years ago due to licensing issues. Um, with Arkham Horror, uh, the card game, they have released kind of, they've moved away from monthly uh, Mythos packs to just kind of all-in-one campaign boxes, so more kind yeah. of standardized expansions. So it felt, to me a little bit, like the living card game format was uh, like almost like they were shifting away a little bit from it. And so I wanted to, to get an idea of it. Um, and basically, Jim, I spoke to Jim, uh, very much kind of uh, reaffirmed that you know Fancy Flight is still still supporting living card games. Um, I mean, they're still very much on their radar. Like Marvel Champions and Arkham, apparently still doing really well. Yeah, yeah two of their big, biggest successes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's been interesting because we've obviously seen Magic. Magic continues to go from strength to strength. It seems, and mm-hmm. that's sticking with a very traditional. Here's a pack of randomized cards. The difference um, here is that these are story-driven, particularly hmm. the Arkham Horror, uh, the card game, is a story-driven experience. And those myth- I think, the, I reckon the re- main reason why they move it, they're moving away from the Mythos packs, is because people would like miss one, for example, and they would be able to do that entire cycle because hmm. they mm-hmm. didn't have the, the Mythos pack. And with the state of, of shipping and kind of you know, sometimes it's not always easy to get your hands on something. Like the fact that you could just miss one for reasons outside of your control kind of sucks for the players. So I think them going the larger expansion route is definitely the right the right way to go because then if you're like, I'm not that bothered by by this release, you can just sort of ignore it and still be able to enjoy the game or you can just get everything you need in that single release which I just think is way more customer friendly and also avoids maybe some issues with shipping like every single month and everything like that so yeah I think that yeah, yeah. that's a that's a fair observation I, it's interesting to see it in comparison to something like the new um, summon uh, not summon war sorry uh, ashes rise of the phoenix mm-hmm. Ball, which went almost kind of more so into the like regular releases cycle in that they are offering a subscription so Mm. you just pay i think it's twice a year something like that and you get the packs sent to you i think you also get the physical packs but you also get the access to it on the the digital digital, version um maybe it's summon awards um because i don't believe ashes has a uh Ashes has a subscription yeah maybe maybe i'm conflating the two yeah yeah um, but I think Ashes is, yeah, it's an interesting one because Ashes came out and it was an expandable card game because only Fancy Flight can use the term living card game because it's uh, reserved yeah, by the reserve, so. I think another difference here is the fact that Marvel Champions and Arkham Horror are both co-op games. Mm. So, like, the, the stuff you get there is just mostly for, like, your individual experience as a group that you, you play with. Whereas with like Ashes, Ashes is like a competitive game. So yeah. obviously, I think I think they release do they release like characters, new characters that you can play as. Yeah. So I think typically their packs are like you say they are character decks, and then they have yeah. custom dice that go with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like it just depends on whether you want to keep up to date with the newest characters that are coming out, or whether you want a particular character or something. Again, it's not really. 
I'd say like the Marvel Champion stuff, for example, they're still doing that stuff. So they're still doing the hero decks, which are like the smaller character decks that, that you can kind of pick up um, as and when they're released. They're not really released on a monthly basis, they just come out when they're ready. Uh, and then they do like the, the kind of larger story expansions, which are, you know, they're like, they contain the villains that you can fight and like their cards. And I think they sometimes have characters in them. Like there's a Guardians of the Galaxy one, I think that was released that I think has some villains in there and some characters that you can have. So I think the hero decks are there just for if people were like, oh, I really want to I really like Quicksilver. I don't know. I'm gonna get the Quicksilver hero deck. Yeah, um, right. it's different than something like Ashes, where it's like, oh, I want this potentially competitive character. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, how do you how like how do you both feel? Like, because I know Will's Will's has been playing a lot of the Arkham Horror card game, mm-hmm. but uh, Living Card Games have never been something like I really like the Arkham Horror card game, but I was never like I need monthly releases for. This. I love the mm-hmm. idea of it. It's just keeping up with it that's yeah. like the biggest struggle for me because mm-hmm. it's it's a case of I've played some some Arkham Horror the card game and I really enjoyed it in terms of the experience it gives. It's just very interesting. Um, it's like again in a similar way to a lot of the Arkham games. It's designed to kind of kick your butt. Like it's not mm-hmm. a very forgiving game. Um, but you can pick up like a basic, the core deck which as soon as you have the core set you can play that Mm -hmm. and then that's meant to be a jumping off point and the whole idea was you know, you could start with a new cycle, a new Mythos cycle but obviously, like we've already discussed, if you miss one of the the releases, you can't complete the cycle, which is just really not very customer friendly at all so this new way they're doing it, and they're actually rebooting it to the point where they're re- there is a re-release, a new edition of the core set coming out for Arkham Horror, the card game, to kind of help people get on board with mm. it now, which kind of, it doesn't really provide anything new, it just provides like a more polished version of like the original core set. And then from there, you can maybe jump on this new expansion that they've got coming out which yeah. I think is called The Edge of Earth. Um, you know, and that's even being released into two separate boxes, which is like the campaign that you can buy and the investigators that you can buy. And you, you don't require either. You can just get the investigators if you just want the characters, or you can get the campaign if you just want to play the campaign. So I honestly think the direction they go, they're going in is like, I'm all for it because it just makes it a lot more customer friendly, a lot more straightforward. And then I think that the fact that they're just continuing with Marvel Champions, the way they're doing things, I think the way that they're doing things works fine because you're not really missing out on anything if you don't keep mm. ahead of the, the hero decks because they're just additional yeah. characters. It's not like story, mm. like say, it's not like storylines yeah. with Arkham, so it no. makes sense. No, mm. I really think that the way that they're they're going is is definitely a, a good direction for them to go in and i'm kind of hoping that the way that they're sort of cleaning things that it almost feels like the last few years fantasy flight have been almost cleaning house and i'm hoping that they're doing this in anticipation of releasing a new living card game mm-hmm. <laughs> to kind of carry on with um because the fact that they're you know they've 
they cancelled Five Legend of the Five Rings, which was obviously an expandable. No, that was a living card game. They call it a living card game because it's fantasy flight, but yeah, it's not co-op. It's it's a competitive experience. But they cancelled that because, you know, they, I, obviously they just felt like it was the right time. Felt like no one was. Yeah. Well, very few people. I'm it sure it always no, felt it like one of those. Hands, yeah. But like it, it it does. It definitely felt like one of the the titles that was kind of slowing down a lot. Mm. Uh, Lord, I don't know if Lord of the Rings is ever coming back. Maybe it will be. Who knows? Destiny mm. is gone, so that's in the toilet. Um, yeah, that's Star so... Wars Destiny. To, to yeah, Star Wars, Wars Destiny, Destiny, like the shooter Destiny. Star Wars uh, Destiny mm. is in the toilet. Yeah. That that was put in the toilet a while ago. I liked uh, Destiny as well. I liked. That. I know. They, yeah. That, yeah. that surprised guys. me, to be honest. But obviously, the thing is, they're just milking that sweet milk from <laughs> Blue, yeah, Blue Milk. Yeah. Sweet blue milk. Stop. Squeezing those alien teeth. Stop. X Wing is is continues to produce because obviously now the miniatures games are being made by um, Chaos Thingy. Atomic Mass. Atomic Mass is the one. So they so now Atomic Mass is sort of in charge of Star Wars miniatures games. But the issue is that they're not, as far as I know, they're not really producing much at the moment. Because, again, my theory is basically the majority of the Star Wars miniatures games and have now quietly been put to sleep. Uh, apart from oh, maybe wow, that's X-Wing. pretty upsetting phrasing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a case of, like, they're just not really that bothered by it at the moment. And I just think... I'm, I don't know, I'm in board with Fantasy Flight not continuing to to drag a dead horse just for the sake of it in terms of like okay this is going on forever we keep producing expansions for this I want I, the, the moral of this story is I want to see them make some new games please instead of just like like Arkham Horror is doing well enough that it keeps it's going to keep going that's fine and Marvel Champions is still relatively new, so I'm happy with those continuing. But like, I just want to see them make something new, please. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's licensed, I just want to see a new. <laughs> I want to see a new game coming from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also, I think the only living card game I've played is probably Magic. Right. That counts, right? <laughs> nope. That's no? that's yeah, oh. so, yeah. That's collector because it's randomized boosters. So living mm-hmm. and expandable is like you know exactly what you're getting in the set. Oh, okay. Uh, that's so like, then very much not no <laughs> here's a peek behind the curtain <laughs> uh living card game is a very specific term we have to use mm-hmm. when describing fantasy flights card games because it is actually a licensed term that it's copyright i think okay created yeah. uh and now they use for things like arkham horror the card game marvel champions it basically is expanded like it's expandable okay. card game you, you know what you're getting when you open the decks that's the the difference whereas like a not a loot box game, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah as matt explained a collectible card game is randomized boosters like you don't know what you're gonna get from them yeah. cool then i've never played one <laughs> nope nope i prefer it personally i'm not a huge fan of like i don't know something like keyforge i'm fine with because just get the decks and if they're, they're rubbish then oh well like you're not like you don't get open boosters and they're just full of trash like mm-hmm. you, the, the probabilities you're probably going to open like one pack and it's going to be somewhat okay 
Whereas the expandable ones, at least you know what you're getting. Like, I feel like that's a... To me, that's a better... It's less, like you said, loot boxy. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not having to pour money into something in the hopes of getting something that's not rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, I it, I mean Keyforge is an interesting one because they also they defined like a new genre. They were like yeah. it's a unique deck game, and then mm. in the three four years since then, they have not released another unique deck game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they when they launched Keyforge, they put out Discover Lands Unknown, which was like a unique unique with like a capital U board game, mm-hmm. uh, which was built on similar things of like we're using algorithms so that every box has different slightly different bits in it. And then people didn't really no. like that board game, so they work. didn't do that again. Um, no. So yeah, it's kind of. I wonder whether that idea is kind of dead in the water a bit, where it's like it's cool on paper, mm-hmm. but Keyforge, like people like Keyforge, but it's not exactly you know suddenly taking a large slice of the magic pie. No, um, yeah, yeah like, it'd be interesting. The thing is, I just want them to do something. When I say like Keyforge, I don't mean just do another game like Keyforge. Yeah, yeah. I want them to just make something that's like. A new IP, like, not licensed. It's just a new weird game that they've made. Like, Keyforge was such a breath of fresh air in terms of, like, here's this weird card game. I'm sure, it's from the guy who made Magic the Gathering, but, like, it's just completely something very different and, and new and, again, no licensed properties. And it's just like, I just want them to take some. I just want them to take some bloody risks. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a big company. Like, not be, you know, don't be shy. Some risks. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't be shy. Sure. Make some more. <laughs> you know, you, you can do that. Like Keyforge isn't a total like. People like Keyforge. It's not like a failure. Like. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know how the sales are doing. That's the question. It's like, is it a vocal minority of people like I love Keyforge, but actually, it's selling like a dozen copies. I don't know. I mean, they're still people. they're still making expansions for it. So yeah, be. that's true. They haven't killed it yet. So I mean, like, if anything, if Star Wars Destiny is proven anything, they're not afraid to kill something. If you know, if it's just that, it, like Star Wars Even Destiny was a baby. Yeah. yeah, like it was a baby when they killed it. Like, you know, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> really descriptions going on in this episode. Just don't take it out of context. <laughs> it was. There's a clipping young. feature on YouTube now, everyone. <laughs> It was a very young game when it was cancelled, so like, mm. and that was a Star Wars, that had the Star yeah. Wars license behind it, so they're not, they are not afraid to like, cancel things if it's not making them enough money, so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think, I don't think Keyforge could be doing too badly, the fact that they're still yeah. investing in it. It's probably like, a lot cheaper to produce as well, because it doesn't have big plastic dice like custom dice, so, yeah. like Star Wars did, but, alright, <laughs> uh, other stuff that I pulled, I we don't have time to sit on any of these but i'm just going to pull out me and you wrote about a game called flamecraft that looks really adorable that's over on the website it's like dragons drinking tea or something like that yeah it's worth a placement game but the artwork for it is incredible it's on kickstarter is that a thing oh no i'm lying never mind i think it was something else go go ahead Magic the Gathering's arena set Jumpstart His Jumpstart Historic Horizons has been delayed by a couple of weeks. Uh, that's coming out, so that's only on Arena, but it's now been pushed back. Uh, Chase wrote a fuller kind of impressions piece about Avatar Legends. Uh, if you want, want to go and check that out, it's very good. It gives a really good overview. Um, like I said earlier, John Luca wrote about Bus, uh, which is a really personal and lovely piece. If you don't know about that game, uh, and it's kind of linked to Carcassonne. 
Uh, and I wrote a list of the best Lord of the Rings games, which Woo! is something that I've been meaning to do for a while because I'm a big old nerd. Yep, you're a big old Lord of the Rings nerd, Matt yeah, Jarvis. Yeah, we, look, we all know this. Look, um, my wedding ring is engraved with Elvish, so that's Aww. that's where we're at. This. Uh, <laughs> that is cute. Let's move on to this week's weekly segment. You kind of came up with this idea. A so little bit. It's your, it's your turn to give yeah. it a name on the spur of the moment. Oh, this, this okay. Live is called. Oh, the thirteenth champion. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. No, that sounds like that could have been a ball game. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. I would have called it Friday the Thirteenth Twenty. Uh, Jason fights. Uh, I don't know board games. Jason versus board games. Jason versus board games. Space Jason board game. Friday the thirteenth. Too many. It's definitely over ten. Or at least ten, yeah. 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 Maybe Jason X was the last one actually, maybe. What the one he goes I don't think the one where he goes to space was the last one. Wasn't there a reboot or something? Yeah, Oh there was a reboot, yeah. Yeah, you can't Freddy versus Jason yeah okay nah. uh Liv, how mm. do we play this week's game well i think we're gonna find out um so <laughs> basically um <laughs> the premise of the game is that we are going to take some um classic characters from board games um i think we're gonna pick one or maybe two maybe two would be more interesting i don't know um oh. yeah why not um, and we're going to see which of those characters would survive in a horror film scenario because it's Friday the 13th today, folks. It is. Happy the... Friday the 13th. Yeah, happy yep. Friday the 13th. So, mm-hmm. please don't go to a log cabin. Yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, holiday no. and then, I don't know, have sex and mm-hmm. do drugs. Yeah. Jason will Not allowed. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, have... don't do teenage things. Yeah, have no <laughs> fun as a teen. Or... Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh... Remain chaste. Oh. Anyway, um... <laughs> all right. Yes. Uh, who who are our fighters? Who are our contenders entering the ring of trying <laughs> to survive in a horror movie? Ding ding ding! I can throw one in. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's right. go around. Live. Let's start with you. Okay, cool. So fighter number one, ding ding ding, is um, you know her, you love her, you probably haven't played with her because she's from Camp Grizzly. It is Tracy the Scream Queen um, from mm. Camp, Camp Grizzly. I've gone for like a proper horror ar- archetype here. Um, so basically, um, she's one of the camp counselors in Camp Grizzly. Um, she is everything that you shouldn't be in a horror film. <laughs> she's wearing short shorts. Um, she is uh, uh, running around with everyone and doing all those kooky teenage things. Um, and yeah, send her in. <laughs> here she goes. All right. So we're doing one character in each round. Is that the that's that could work? Sure, okay. sure, sure. Let's find out. That. Okay, yeah. <laughs> me and me and have you got a competitor to survive this ordeal? Yeah. Uh, wait, are we picking two? Just one for each round. So sure. How many rounds are we doing? Two. Right. <laughs> we'll see. Um, maybe you've got to be conclusive because I've got two options here. Well then, like... yeah, just do one now. One now would be good. Yeah. One. Yes, one. Okay, please. I've got to make a choice. I've got to make a choice between these two, these mm-hmm. two people. Uh, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to pick uh, Lily Chen, who is a character from oh. the Arkham mm. Horror Files franchise mm-hmm. universe series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she. I know her best from um, Eldritch Horror. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is a very good horror game. Yes. And she's uh, she's in that. She's one of the playable characters that you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a martial artist. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, she is uh, highly trained, skilled in the arts of combat, <laughs> hand-to-hand combat. Uh, she's seen some messed up stuff because she's in the arc of horror mm-hmm. universe, so uh, she can deal with some scary things. So Jason really is like pretty nothing. low. Yeah, yeah, like that's fairly. Mm-hmm. That's nothing compared to like Shogoff or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she's got a pretty balanced sort of strength, like bodily constitution and kind of mental uh, hardiness about her. So yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. I'm standing for Lily Chen. Okay, she right. will win this. Matt Jarvis, right. who are you picking? Uh, competitor three of three for round one. Uh, I have gone with Cavity Sam. Uh, which today I learned what? is the name of the patient in the board game I knew, Operation. I knew this. What? Yeah, I <laughs> knew this. I never knew this. Yep, so, I did not. Wow. So yeah, I uh, I actually discovered this via a list uh, on giantbomb.com, mm. uh, which is normally a thing about video games. Uh, but it's a list of, of board game characters because I was trying to think of things I couldn't. So I searched board game characters, mm-hmm. and this list consists of the cast of Cluedo. So, Colonel Mustard, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Uncle Penny Bags from Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, Cavity Sam from Operation. And John Locke from the TV show Lost. And I don't know why John Locke of Lost is in this list. This is um, very odd. But I have, I've gone with Cavity Sam, and I'll, I'll tell oh, you for why. Right, okay, because you've got to sell this to us. Because this yeah, is I'll a character mm-hmm. so... that is best well known for being literally taken apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. What mm-hmm. better... Uh, skill and experience versus a killer who is was... known for you know like hacking people up with a machete. I was going like... to say if we could all collectively come up with um, the adversary from a board game, that might be a good oh, idea yeah. as well. But yes, carry okay. on, defend your man, Sam. So I was, yeah, I was thinking Cavity Sam, obviously known for lying on table, large holes in body, yeah. Yeah. like things mm-hmm. being extracted. Um, yeah, very a very passive character, one might say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but think if. How many times has Cavity Sam gone through that experience? This is kind of an existential question about Cavity Sam. Mm. But, you know, it, that is, that's his his existence is to be now you're, like, now you're extracted. With, you're playing with multiple universes, Fury, as well. Mm-hmm. So, like... Well, yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, if someone's coming at him with, like, you know, take take a Jason Voorhees, like, mm-hmm. um, if they're going to, like, kind of chop them out in the in the very classic horror movie way like do do kind of horrible grisly things mm-hmm. what better character than a character that is potentially already missing like various vital organs but is able to survive without them as long as they're very carefully extracted um you know basically uh, at some point it's just like an empty kind of like shell yeah <laughs> for, for whatever horrible things that might be done so i feel like cavity sam is kind of like an indestructible um yeah you know like very passive character but actually Mm -hmm. like almost impossible to take out in a horror film because like what's what's gonna do that i feel like yeah go on liv i was just (laughs) no i (laughs) i was just just gonna say that i feel we like we should establish that every single one of these characters has the capabilities that they have within their game Mm, um so I 
I guess that works, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it's very generous of you. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Quite welcome. People of the jury, mm -hmm. I put to you. Uh -huh. uh, uh, Barrister Jarvis's claims that Captain <laughs> Sam can survive having organs removed. Uh, number one, if you even slightly nudge his flesh, He's very unhappy about it. Ooh. His nose goes... He, he will make back. noises when he's trying to hide. He'll make, he'll a, make a lot of noise. Yeah. yeah well, maybe you don't mind with Cavity Sam. Oh, no, Number I'm not. Two. <laughs> Number two, I put to you that those are... In Operation, you're not removing his organs. You're removing things that are not supposed to be there. Like a pencil or something. Or like... A, like a weird bone nut. You're, you're you're supposed to be taking this stuff out because he doesn't want it in him, not because they're his organs. He can survive without it. <laughs> I think that that's my point, argument. Yeah, I haven't haven't considered. Aren't they uh, metaphors for the parts of the body? Me and no, aren't they no, not? It's like a aren't spanner they like or something. Yeah, it's no, a pen. It, yeah, like, tennis elbow. Here's supposed, a tennis racket. Yeah, and you're not like supposed a... to have exactly. You're not supposed to have a spanner inside your body, are you? Like that's bad. Oh, get that. That's. Oh, but That's I will say, get it out. I will. I'm gonna be devil's advocate here and be like, that is a benefit of of Sam mm. is that he's got all sorts of stuff you need. Like yeah. he's like a little utility belt right now. Yeah, but he's got a spanner. He's got a pencil. Make a lot of noise. He's yeah, got... but like think of like if so, Jason or whoever whoever a kind of grizzly horror movie. Oh yeah, like, who we decided in. that like buys a harpoon, be. but actually there's a spanner. There's a, a very like, specific a comedy situation. like. Mm -hmm. slide whistle or whatever is inside mm -hmm. bounces straight off basically you know like like kevlar but made of junk yeah but you're talking about jason removing entire limbs which is not the same as him shooting a harpoon and then bouncing off like a comedy banner or something well, well. i'm just saying i just think yeah. your your argument I can just, I can solid. see some benefits, <laughs> but most, the majority of it are negatives. But if we move on to, let's go to Tracy, shall we? Because yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Lily is gonna win, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I mean, I'm just saying that, that Lily is a very active character mm -hmm. who, who, who chooses to fight. The, the evils of the world, yes. including cultists, uh, unknown gods who can consume the entire universe, uh, can acquire magic powers. I would say she's uh, a bit OP, Mian. If uh, well, if anything, no. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if, if you and I and I quote, we were realistic with our picks, you know, like uh... <laughs> your your honor, and I quote. They have all the powers that they yeah. have in the board games that they are within. So she can I fight. Using... She can fight. Yeah. Yeah. She can fight hand to hand. Yeah. <laughs> She's also trained in weapon usage as well. Okay. She she also has the potential to use magic spells should she acquire them. Uh, the so really the the thing we need to work out here is does she have access to everything? that she would potentially have in an Eldritch Horror. Well, because if not, then she's only got her hand-to-hand -hand combat, which means she's still pretty I capable. Think it depends like... on who we're fighting, because I don't think we've decided. Is it like a Jason? Is it Jaws? Is it? I think it's Jason. 
Okay, fine. I think on Friday the 13th. It, yes, it, it's a Jason then. alike. It's a legally okay. distinct Jason. It's, it's Jason. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Jason, <laughs> Jason, Jason Morhees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, in that case, I will assume we're in a cabin. <laughs> yeah, by yeah. Camp, We've gone on holiday. Camp Diamond oh, Lake. Yes, good. Uh, Camp Diamond Lake. We've all gathered together. Um, mm -hmm. Right. Lily's not going to have her magic stuff because she's on holiday. She's taking some time off. Look, I, <laughs> I completely, I completely agree mm -hmm. with, mm. with her just having access to the common cabin using. items. Yeah, whatever yes. is in the environment around her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, she is capable of using those with a level of skill because she is trained in weapons combat. She tra she trained with like saucepans though, because I feel like that's. It's a weapon. Make <laughs> <laughs> into a weapon. You're trained in, in weapon like. Yeah. Cavity Sam would weapon. be like, here you go, just reaches exactly. inside. Yeah. It's then, a then it around like, for something. Wrench. Or whatever. <laughs> then it would be like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but well, I would like to pose to you both that. If this is a cabin, Tracy knows her way around yeah. a cabin. No, I'll give you right? that. She mm -hmm. has experience yes. in this particular scenario. This is her battleground, if you will. Um, so she knows exactly where to get the goods. She can go find the weapons. Maybe her and Lily join forces. Maybe they throw a cavity Sam into the lake. I don't yeah. know. Flashing <laughs> like a boy. Like a, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> a And our, our non-Jason is just kind of distracted. I mean, really, what we've come up with here is mm -hmm. the perfect trio of people to survive yeah. at once. We've done mm -hmm. the impossible in terms mm -hmm. of horror movies, where everyone survives. I don't well, know if Cavity Sam survives. Okay. Well, yeah, most survive. Like two out of three ain't bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, two out of three ain't bad. Like now, I, I, I do like this narrative that mm -hmm. that Lily Chen and Tracy mm -hmm. through, Join through the process of of surviving this terrible ordeal Maybe. Uh, become close. Yes. I I ship it. Sure. Good. Tracy and Lily forever. Um, now I'm imagining like Tracy designed in like Eldritch Horror design like artwork and then the opposite mm. way. That's fun. Anyway, um, yeah, also Tracy can like lure people, lure Jason or whoever, Basin into, you know, spaces. Basin. And then, Voorhees. Yeah. And then the trap is set. So, have we decided? <laughs> Well, I think, yeah. if anything, we need to leave it to, because you've both got one each. If I'm if I'm going to be very gracious and admit that maybe Cavity Sam wasn't the best option. Because <laughs> yeah. I have not played Operation I like so it, though. I forgot you weren't taking out organs, but we're taking out <laughs> junk. Matthew Jarvis. Hello. Mm -hmm. the, the problem was, here's, here's a little, here's a little diagnosis <laughs> of your problem, is that you typed in to the internet board game character <laughs> mm -hmm. in order to get your character on rather than maybe think oh what, I did think about some game. as well but I struggled to I, my second let's should we move on to the second round we'll leave this Shit. open to yeah, the, okay. the audience vote because you've obviously mm -hmm. got split vote and like mine mine is kind of you know uh, <laughs> it's like DNF, yeah. DNF like disqualified yeah yeah going back on the operating table sorry sorry Shit. Sarah 
Um, but we'll leave we'll leave that open uh, okay. to the audience to decide. But meanwhile, mm -hmm. we'll move on to our second round of this. Yeah. So I would like uh, to go last. Me and do you want to go oh, first okay. this time? Oh, a tactical decision by Liv. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I can go. So the character I'm picking for this next round, presumably if we're against we're against a a Dason. Dorkies. A Mason Dorkies uh, cookie cat says. Mason Dorkies, mm. the brother, <laughs> of, the longest relative of Jason Voorhees. Equally as murderous, um, yes. Equally as murderous, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I put to you that I will choose Anna and Vutek. Uh, yeah. Vutek from Scythe. Uh, oh. Anna is a. Uh, uh, a leader of the Poliana Republic from the game Scythe. Mm -hmm. uh, she is again trained. She is trained in firearms. Mm -hmm. uh, she mm -hmm. has a giant bear mm. that yeah. she rides on and also follows her around. Um, <laughs> she is quote and I quote an expert marksman. <laughs> I don't feel like this is fair, me. <laughs> Character. Yeah, you've done so well. Okay, there. fine. <laughs> That's my pick for this round. Okay. Happy right. you have a choice. Uh, I was going to go with Sparky the Wonder Dog. Ah, very good. From good Dead of Winter. Mm -hmm. uh, not least because, so folks who haven't played Dead of Winter, it's a zombie survival game, <gasps> so obviously very used to the survival mm -hmm. environment. Uh, also, Sparky. Uh, is a dog, mm -hmm. but you can equip Sparky with all the weapons you can equip a human with. So yeah. Sparky can wield things like a pistol or a shotgun yes. uh, to defend mm -hmm. against what would have been a zombie horde, but is now uh, Lace and Yorkies. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think Sparky is one of those surprise kind of like, you know, normally uh, Jason Voorhees likes uh, go for, go for you know teens, um, not not so worried about dogs or animals, mm -hmm. and then surprise the dog's got a shotgun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Never saw it coming. Uh -huh. That dog's no, I didn't. got a shotgun and it knows how to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, somehow it reloads. It's, you can it's... only assume it looks cool. Yeah, you have to. Because Sparky is a wonder dog. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. it, therefore, he is able to use human weaponry. Uh huh. Yeah. Live. Right. What is your choice? Because we're <laughs> helping out the. We've got currently got a bear and a, a person and a oh, dog. Yeah. I'm going with Scar the Lion from Villainous, <laughs> who is a very tactical mind, uh, yeah. has a legion of hyenas behind him. Let, I mean, a legion! <laughs> you get a bear, I get a legion of hyenas. Okay, okay. a legion is a, a bit much. Mm -hmm. I'll give you like three. I'll give you the three main ones. Yeah, like... that's his legion. That's fine. Um, and um, also, um, very tricksy. <laughs> very tricksy. Yeah. Um, Sting's a, a fantastic yeah. villain. Yeah. Excellent well. hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Manipulator. Yeah. 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 Well, Manip can we'll ma ma manipulate Jason. I mean, Basin. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's my I pick. Mean, I will say. I will argue again to the jury that that. Uh, what's what his name? Jason... Mason Dorkies. Yeah. Mason Dorkies isn't exactly known for being swayed by persuasion. Uh, what about a lion? 
talking to him, right? That's the whole thing. Is that yeah. he's like, oh, he's trying to use his words. Sure, he's but when that fails, when that fails, <laughs> he's still a lion. Yeah, well, <laughs> Backup plan. Yeah, still a I lion. am a lion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, I will also say Mason Dorothy's is a very large lad. Mm -hmm. And uh, Scar isn't, by lion standards, Scar is a bit smaller than, than others, would you agree? But with three hyenas <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah, three hyenas. Yeah, yeah I mean... Mm -hmm. yeah. So, let's go back to Sparky. So, Sparky has a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like all good dogs. Yeah, exactly. Good boys get a shotgun. Uh, wait, um, no. Yeah. Uh, so... You're banking here on the sneak attack aspect, I think, Matt, right? I think, in the, like, obviously the opening salvo is, oh, just that's just a dog mm -hmm. uh, carrying a, dog, carrying yeah. a normal branch of a tree. Yeah. Um, okay. And then <laughs> just hear yeah. it, you know, as, as <laughs> Lorhees mm -hmm. turns away to, to go hunt, you know, teens. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Like, just hears the, yeah, the loading of a shotgun mm -hmm. and then never, yeah, never saw it coming. No. Like, well, here's my argument sure. against that. Mm -hmm. Against it, okay. This is what we're doing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Uh, in, in the narrative of Dead of Winter, or at least in the situation of Dead of Winter, uh, Sparky is capable of being taken down by, like, what? Uh, one, sometimes it's one zombie hit, isn't it? Or at least, like, or is it two? I can't remember how many... Zombie hits it takes to I take down exactly, a character but... in the dead of winter. Oh, um, like I would say that it's got to be three. Mason... I think it's the same it's rules. What? I think it's three. I think three. it's the same rules as like the rest of the of the cast in Dead of Winter. So you need three. Yeah, yeah. Wounds. So three zombie hits will take down Sparky, mm. the Wonder Dog. But they got to catch Sparky first. Yeah. Okay. Also, Truce says in the chat, "Fetch this." Yeah, that's very good. It's very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a good catchphrase. Of course, Mikey mm -hmm. would say that in dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But somehow, somehow Mason would know. Yeah. That it's like a zinger, you know, like yeah. God, God's Feel it in the heart. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would. I yeah. Ma Mason is not the fastest moving. Exactly. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. You do have that on his side. He's very, mm -hmm. He is a slow one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Grinch. Slow and steady. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know, but Sparky could get distracted. He is only a dog, and dogs have certain Oof, That's That's very dismissive. He's a wonder dog! <laughs> like a dog is very dog. dismissive of mm -hmm. Sparky. Very well disciplined. He does stunts, you know? Yeah. Maybe... If he gets a whiff of a delicious sausage or something. <laughs> what if? Delicious, like, string of sausages. Look, mm. Scar so recruits... Could get distracted and... and... <laughs> Mason could, mm -hmm. you know, could strike. So. Oh, he better not. Um, Scar could recruit Sparky for the Legion of, of Hyenas <laughs> together. Of hyenas. <laughs> yeah, I, still... I mean, they're probably distant relations. Exactly. Right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I still don't quite see the role that Scar is playing in this group. But, um, <laughs> Demogator, um, much, like, yeah, in the, yeah, much like in the Lion King. Yeah. I. I However, I will put to you as well, mm -hmm. uh, Judge. I don't know who I'm talking to here, but I don't I know. Judge him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Scar doesn't exactly succeed in 
Plans, okay. Well, I will counter real quick and say that you, your character is the only human in this equation, so Jason's yeah, also, definitely going to go for you first. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I will say Mason seeing the smelling the scent of human. Mm-hmm. However, I don't know how old the I don't know how old Anna is. I don't think she's a teenager, mm-hmm. so at least she has that going for her in the sense that she's not the prime demographic. Sure. Of- yeah. Of, of Mason attacks, mm-hmm. uh, but being human obviously makes her a bit more of a. I will say she's probably uh, been too busy fighting for her country to indulge in any potential right behaviors that might encourage Mason to mm. attack. But she's comfortable uh, now going on a vacation. <laughs> well, even on vacation, you know, ultimately mm-hmm. the. the the nation is, is the most important thing. Yeah. Also, she has a highly trained bear. Yeah, I guess does the bear count as like if if Anna is taken out, does was uh, say the best. If the, the, the bear is it ice climber rules? Like you take. Yeah, I think if the bear, if it, I'd, I'll give I will give Liv. If the hyenas stick around yeah. after Scar's gone, <laughs> then fair enough. Although I reckon those hyenas would be off. Whereas like, uh, Vojek the bear. I don't think that's how you say his name. Uh, is very loyal to, sure. to his handler, his mm-hmm. keeper, uh, and uh, would not desert her or or would fight for for her honor if she did die. This so. is assuming Scar can ever be killed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's killed pretty easily. Spoiler alert! You don't know that. Um... <laughs> I mean, it's very strongly implied that his own hyenas, the ones you bring along eat him so i don't know about that (laughs) this is is your cavity sam moment yeah (laughs) oh no um shall we leave this one to the audience decision you at home can vote Mm-hmm. By not texting or calling any numbers, but just deciding in your own hearts who the who the real winner is here. Yeah, I have my vote it's... if it's undecided by the chat. It's not I mean, for me. me right? No, it's, it's not me, for me. Right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> is it for your own character? No, it's not. No. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I, after, after I lost Cavity Sam, I'm sticking with Sparky all the way. Sparky. People are saying Scar now. Mm, Jamie Dancer like says this... Scar. <laughs> I don't know. Scarf from Cookie Cat. <laughs> I think they've just misspelled Sparky. So <laughs> Sparky. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we finish off, let's take a Sparky. couple of Always questions off. very quickly, mm-hmm. shall we? Chat. Sure. Uh, if you've got a question, you can drop it in the chat if you're watching live, email. or you can email it uh, to <laughs> podcast at dicebreaker.com. Live. Would you like to read this one from Roy, please? Oh, kidoki. Hello, I moved apartments recently and was struggling with this orientation-oriented question while arranging my game game shelf. Um, Do you prefer to store slash display your games vertically or horizontally? Moved and confused. Roy Barron. Ian. Always. Okay, wait. There seemed to be a pause. As soon as you turn the box sideways, it makes me very nervous because it's like how many things have immediately just fallen out. Mm -hmm. I can't trust most board games to be designed to be put so vertically I guess that would be so mm-hmm. yeah I 
like some, fine. Like everything stays, it's packed in a way that keeps it still. But too many times I've turned a board game sideways only to hear everything immediately falling to the bottom of the box yeah. and thinking, oh, the next time I play that, I've got to then sort that out. So it's horizontal all the way for me. I will say that mine are currently, it's more like a Tetris kind of situation yeah, I've got I going on. As well, yeah. um, I've only got this tiny little area here, but um, they are horizontal. However, if I were to have my own display case, you know, maybe I can upgrade to that eventually. I'd probably have them vertical, I think. Because oh. otherwise I it's think... just kind of a balancing act. I don't know. Mm, that's true. Mm. I, think, I think it looks... I think it looks cleaner if it's vertical, personally. Mm -hmm. I do both. I'm like Liv. I, at the moment, my board games are in a Tetris effect kind of situation mm -hmm. where we just have a single calyx um, and they're sort of stacked in there in the way to maximize how many board games can I fit in this single yeah. space. I think it ultimately comes down to that, right? It's like. You just play around. I will say the descent box is one of the most awkward board game boxes I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it like is a, square, a cube. Right? It's a cube. So yeah. it's not only wide; it is tall and deep. So it is. It just <laughs> looks like it will fill one. I should check actually. It will fill an entire Calax hole by itself. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's a sizable box, and they use Chunk. the space bar because it means you don't have to build the terrain every time. But it's one of those things where it's just like this is a literal cube. Like, do I just use this as a footstool in the, the times we're not playing this? Because where do I put it? I can't put it on, like, a normal bookshelf. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I think, okay. yeah, like like you both, normally it's just a question of, like, what's going to fit the most games into this space. Yeah. I think I'm most impressed by the vertical. I think yeah. it looks the I nicest. Think I, yeah, if I could do it, I think I would also do vertical. Sorry, Matt Jarvis. Yeah, it I looks, know, it's, mm -hmm. it's valid, I think like. it shows effort has been put in to arrange them. You know, and it's more like a library kind of thing. It's like, yeah. my library it, of board It games. does make it easier to get them out, I will say. Like, trying to take out... Um, so for a while, when I have many games to review, mm -hmm. uh, behind the door behind me, we just had a vertical stack of games, and it was probably about the height of me. Because oh. we had nowhere else to put games. And trying to get a game out of the bottom stack was a very precarious thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and also the weight of the game started to start to squish the cardboard, which wasn't great. Yeah. So in that respect, that's not great. Hello. Oh, that Holly. Oh, hello, so kitty, a cat. Pussy cat, <gasps> kitty cat. Kitty uh, cat. Oh. Hi. <laughs> this is great audio content. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is a cat. The cat is uh, on the desk. This is an audio description yeah, podcast. There is a kitty. The kitty cat is a sniffing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's decided to get up. The kitty cat has a tail uh, up in the air. Okay, okay yes. should <laughs> we take a very... Oh, well, I spot this one in the chat, actually. It's just a very quick one. <laughs> um, but Kay Collier asks, has anyone made a board game out of The Legend of Zelda yet? And I am not aware of one, but I didn't know if either of you had seen anything that There's might Monopoly. touch that itch. People have There's mentioned Monopoly. one from what I've seen. Uh, it's funny because... As, as to be expected, Nintendo have a history of being incredibly um, sort of cagey about their licenses mm -hmm. in certain respects. Like, if it's like a Monopoly, for example, there's a Mario Monopoly. There's a Mario Game of Life mm. coming right. out, um, which is about shallow, I think, as you expect. Mm -hmm. Every career card is plumber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I think when it comes 
like actually making a fish like an officially licensed board game that's like not just a monopoly game i don't think there is one because it's which is a shame because mm. i think i think zelda could work like definitely as maybe in a, a straightforward adventure game i think mm. would definitely work like um i don't know maybe if you adapted like um like a sort of link to the past or link between worlds one of those type of Zelda games where they're like um, like a top-down sort mm. of 2D mm. or technically Link Between Worlds 3D but uh, you know you get all Link's Awakening style like I think if you made that into like a kind of game I reckon that would work in terms of I don't know maybe like you lay down tiles and you explore a tile and there might be an item on there mm -hmm. and you have to get all the items you need to go to Hyrule Castle and mm -hmm. fight Ganon, I don't know. I'm wondering, is there like a straight up Nintendo property that's been made into its own board game, not just kind of like a, um, an expand, like a play on like life or Monopoly or whatever? Not, I really think so. Like yeah. I said, I think, I think Nintendo are very cagey mm. about, about their licenses. Like they're quite happy for them to be used for like yeah, very I... superfluous like kind of board games. Maybe cash like, grabby. There's a Mario Bros. Labyrinth. I mean, like, like, I think, for example, what they've been doing with Lego sets recently. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, hey, you're you're exploring this kind of area a bit more, and you're making something that people seem to genuinely like. Mm -hmm. They see. I think it's funny because they're like a company that seems to really like physical mm. interactions alongside their their kind of their kind of licenses. It does surprise me that they've not done anything like mm. this yet. Where's <laughs> the Mario Party Party game? That's yes, that, that, well, like, that I would play. Mm -hmm. That, like, like Nintendo Labo and stuff like that, mm. like, that stuff is designed to just be, like, a toy slash, you know, physical game thing that you could do, mm -hmm. like, alongside the video game. Yeah. It, it is, you know, it is funny that they've not done something, even, yeah. even if it's, like, a board game that ties in with, like, a a video game or something. I think they can... pour like all of their resources into the, the video games themselves and they I don't know, I don't know. I guess it's just not their focus, right? They're just very cagey yeah. about their yeah. licenses. Like they're just very protective of them except for where they're like, oh this is fine because it's just like a theme on top of an existing yeah. game. Yeah. It's not something entirely original or whatever. Like Ooh. Yeah. Um we do have a super chat from Cookie Cat in '94 that says there is one Zelda board game from the '80s, the late '80s. Ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, <laughs> I think that of... might. Yes, Matt Jarvis. I was just to say it's kind of ironic, right? Because Nintendo started as a playing card manufacturer, yeah. oh, so like wow. the fact yeah. that they don't do like tabletop games, or at least like original tabletop games, is kind mm -hmm. of a. Yeah, yeah, they started as like a. Yeah, they started as a as essentially yeah a card toy company mm -hmm. that evolved into a video game company because like the Nintendo Entertainment System was marketed as as a toy like mm. more than than a, the, probably because they were like video games weren't really an established thing quite mm. yet they were like oh let's sell this as a toy because no one really knows what a video game kind of is yet mm. but like not mainstream oh, I guess I guess you had like the the kind of the really like the the really old consoles like from the 70s or mm. early 80s but like up until that point like yeah it also because video games at, at that point had had given themselves such a bad name because 
you had the the crash of the 80s where like people associated video games if they knew what they were with oh there was that thing that kind of scammed us and was like a lot of money and turned out not to be very good mm-hmm. so then when they released the nintendo entertainment system they were like let's market this as a toy mm. because then we can kind of get around that perception of video games or as like a scam yeah but um no, yeah, I can see the board games on Board Game Geek. It doesn't look like anything particularly remarkable. Mm, yeah. It's quite cute. Like Interesting. It's, some... yeah. it's based on the original video game, as you would expect. And this is, to be honest, this is kind of what I was imagining a little bit. Like, this this whole pile grid system. Like, mm. I think that could work. Um, hey, Nintendo. Yeah, like, Nintendo. Send me an idea and you can pay me for it. It will be, yeah, I'm sure it will sell. Yes. Yeah, it will sell. I mean, it would, yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, like anything they make will sell. Yeah. Uh, but, all right, I think that is about all the time we've got mm-hmm. this week. Uh, thank you, of course, for being here. Liv Kennedy. Thank you for having me. Matt Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being, for being here, Alex Meehan. Thank you for the music. The songs I'm singing. Thank you for listening. If you've been listening or watching, we'll be back next Friday from 2pm BST live uh, the audio version of the podcast goes up on oh. Monday afternoons. That's UK time. Oh. Uh, like this course... video. Yes, yes please. Like, like, like Dice that bell. Tell your friends uh, about Dicebreaker. If they're into tabletop yeah. uh, stuff, they, please subscribe. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Dicebreaker. Dicebreaker.com. Mm-hmm. We have Dicebreaker Plus as well if you want to check out some like just fun videos. we got a lot of fun yeah, stuff coming up. We've been filming some stuff recently that's going to be very fun. Yeah, yeah it is. We've got some um, great stuff coming up. We've yeah, also got some new merchandise. Yeah, we do. It. We've got some new merch, yes. Uh, if you want to go and check it out, you can go and find the merch store. I'd go through the website. I can't remember the new link right now. We just recently moved the URL, so I've forgotten it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as catchy as it used to be. <laughs> the, old, the old one's burned into my brain at this point. Hang um, on. Store.repop.com slash collection slash dice break <laughs> just go to yeah. go it's... to store.repop.com uh, mm. the dice breaker option we've got yeah some shirts that reference werewolves and, mm-hmm. and no gatekeeping like that and all the old shirts as well yeah. and mugs and things like that so yeah mm-hmm. there's some fantastic designs from m Haller who we work with they are they're really really good so yeah go and check them out uh, and of course they support us and what we do so we appreciate it very much so until we're back next friday thank you for listening stay safe out there and have a lovely day Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>